Welcome to Fireside Breakdowns. I'm John. I'm Robin. And I'm Savannah. Together, we research and break down complex and even controversial topics facing our society. We always aim to bring you honest analysis backed by research to skew our bias towards what can be factually supported and to make it clear when we're giving our opinion versus speaking about actual research. We're human. We have blind spots and biases, and they will show through. However, our goal isn't to convince you to see things our way. We want to build a foundational understanding of these complicated topics so that we can address them together. We talk about some pretty heavy stuff on this show, and we tackle topics that might feel polarizing. But we do that because we have an important goal in mind. We want to change the way that people have hard conversations. And we think that we can do that using research and discussion to create common understanding. And since you're here, we hope you want the same thing. So we suggest getting comfortable and maybe having a good drink on hand as we work through this stuff. Welcome to our fireside. Okay, let's talk about um are we doing this? The unscripted yeah, episode of uh it is unscripted. We can talk about whatever the hell we episode. want. We're, we gotta talk about a couple of things actually at the top. Well then <laughs> so. you guys do the topping, I'm gonna do the the teeth brushing. The brushing of the teeth. Yeah. Okay. So you can fix everything. The first thing I want to talk about is uh, apologies for last week's episode. One, it came out late. And two, only half of it came out in the audio. So I don't know how that happened, um, but it should be it should be fixed by now. Um, we did definitely get run over by life. I think we mentioned it in that episode. Yeah. It just just got way too busy last week. Uh, to, well, the last two weeks got the best of us for sure. Yeah. 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 Um, and I mentioned in last week's episode that I crashed my motorcycle on Saturday and that was part of the, uh, part of the delay, which is true. But then a whole bunch of other stuff happened this week. So we definitely called an audible and turned this into an unscripted episode, which is yes, <laughs> it's a week early, but that's planned. okay. It's okay. Yeah. We'll just do a little, a little switcheroo and do the topic that we had planned for this week next week i think mm-hmm. yeah yeah can't remember what we had planned for this week though that's because we didn't have anything planned oh great perfect because we decided T-P-P. very quickly that we were making this an unscripted episode <laughs> so we just didn't I, th- well, topic. Yeah. No, I mean at the beginning of the month on our monthly oh newsletter. we were going to talk about uh elon musk and twitter which we can't like there's not a whole lot to talk about now because he's backpedaling like a motherfucker well He's backpedaled and then he's front pedaled and then he's backpedaled again. And now he's hiring a bunch of lawyers to do like he, he wants like to quote cutthroat lawyers to do extreme litigation. And I don't know if that's for Twitter or for Tesla or for what. And yeah. then he came out as a Republican, which makes about as much sense as like flies or oh, how about this one as trees coming out in favor of the axe. Um to, to use an old an old metaphor that I yeah. enjoyed a particular amount. I have um, kind of always thought, though, that he's smacked of conservatism. Oh, yeah. He like, but, yeah. But like he like declared as a, as a, as a you know, as, as voting Republican now because 
Democrats are being divisive, I guess, which is just... I thought he was libertarian. Like, uh, well, I mean, for sure. I think that's what his practices have yeah. been previously. But like this idea that... I mean, we've talked about it a million times. This idea that Democrats are the ones being divisive is... It's crazy and, and like it's short-sighted. Um, I mean, they are um, I, socially divisive against conservative values. But I like guess. everybody is. It's not like one group of people that's saying, no, we don't like you. It's literally everybody. You like no. in order to be involved in politics anymore, you have to pick a side and you cannot cooperate with the other side. Yeah. I mean, it, it's not like Republicans are being like, oh, yeah, we're trying to reach across the aisle all the time. And our Democratic friends aren't, you know, contributing. It's actually currently the exact opposite a ton of legislation has gone across the aisle that Republicans just won't won't support in any way. And the the 50 vote threshold for the filibuster is holding everything up in the Senate. So, yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It just seems crazy to me to blame Democrats for being divisive. Uh, yeah, but how much stake do you put into to Musk's, um, you know? his political standing i'm 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 not like i don't think it's meaningful i just think it's uh i think it's silly on his part i just think it's it's short-sighted i mean why would you come out for a party that is consistently working against green energy and policies that will support your primary company. Maybe he is trying to get them in to start talking to him so he can get them to support his company. I mean, how you can't convince people to change if you don't say, yeah, I can see some of your points. I agree with some of the stuff. I support your ideas. Now you support mine. So maybe he's seeing it as a longer term, like getting Republicans to actually give a shit about green energy. I think that Elon Musk has zero concept of money and how it actually works. And the idea that he's supporting a party that could be harmful to his, his business doesn't even occur to him. I think that he cannot conceptualize a world in which he will not have enough money. So the rest of that doesn't matter. Like, what what could they possibly do in his mind that will that will hurt? God, goals. His- Let's get on that money level. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I support I've, whoever I want because uh, <laughs> I've got I've got so much fuck you money that I can say it to anybody. Yeah, I, I have a sneaking suspicion that he's um, pretty far on the neurodivergent spectrum. Oh, he's 100 percent autistic. So, well, he yeah, didn't he? Yeah, admit he's it? he's autistic. Like, yeah. he, he came. So in an like interview, yeah. that or not him not even reveal that. I have processing come out through that. autistic. <laughs> no, it doesn't surprise me because he thinks what he yeah. thinks and he believes what he believes and how that affects other parts of the business. I don't know that it even occurs to him. I heard I mean, through the grapevine mm. that um, he's actually not like he's pulling away from Tesla anyway, and he's going to go play off with this other new stuff that he's doing. He just has a lot of ideas. And so he's kind of like given up on yeah. Tesla. So, <clears throat> well, I don't know if he's, if it's so much that it's, he's given up on Tesla as like, he doesn't, one, it can, it can, it's, it's closer to being self-sustaining than it's ever been. He doesn't need to invest as much energy to keep it running. But also, 
he doesn't it, it's the it's the ADHD mentality. I'm not saying he has it, but it's like it's the new shiny, the new dopamine rush. So well, he could actually fix uh, Tesla's quality assurance and also their promise that if you order a Tesla in October, you're going to get it by January, because that didn't happen. So. Yeah, I, yeah. No, there's there's a ton of problems with Tesla. Yeah, as a, as a company, but they enjoy the benefit of being first to the flag so they basically even though they weren't the first electric vehicle company they have so much hype and so much support for what they've already done they can kind of take advantage of the fact that they're not meeting their own promises like if ford tried to do something like that with their new electric vehicles they would be absolutely screwed yeah and they're already in trouble because they have to like push deadlines and stuff on on the lightning um but Tesla's know. not <laughs> going to get 69,000 of my dollars. They got 200 of them and I canceled my Tesla order so they can pound sand. Not because I don't like Tesla. Yeah. It's because I want solar on my house first. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> this is fair. And I mean, they lost their opportunity to take your money because they did. Yeah, up, they did. And, you know, they delayed it by so many months. And I understand, you know, supply chain and the batteries and all that kind of stuff, but by the time that they were like, Hey, you need to schedule your vehicle pickup. I'm like, "Mm -mm, I already have like solar in the works. My, my money is going over here instead. So anyway, whatever, they get $200 for free. And then I get to tell everyone on a podcast that their customer service sucks. It's fine. So I can't believe I used to think that Elon Musk was uh, somebody to emulate in my private life. So there we go. Oh. Boom. Nailed oh. it. Topic title. I did. I used to really highly admire Elon I Musk. I did too. Really, really did. He was on my list of like people you would want to have dinner with. But mainly that was yep. so I could uh, get him to fall in love with me and then i take all of his money. Um. I'm not sure that fits the topic for this. No, episode. I used to. I can't believe you. I, I can't believe you used to think that Elon Musk fell in love with you. <laughs> no, that he. I did uh, admire him and his work ethic and like the, what he was trying to do supposedly with the world. So I understand that. And then he came more in the limelight in the past like two years, and I'm like, hmm, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, not so much. Yeah. There's a lot of problematic stuff going on, and I don't know. The more I learn about how. Tesla operates and, and the way certain uh, groups within the company are treated or claim to be treated. It's just, eh, there's a lot of problems, a lot of problems. So I'm just doing what I do and pulling back from my support for that particular company until either there's positive change or, you know, everything that has been claimed is disproven. But until there's some sort of resolution, I'm yeah. just tw- twiddling my thumbs. Well, Robin, what did you used to believe that you can't believe you believed? Oh, God, I was such an asshole. So I used to go on these giant long rants about how um, people should have to take competency tests before they voted or had children. (laughs) Oh, you racist. I know, right? Right? So racist. (laughs) I was on a tear. I, I mean, I've always been mad because I feel like people will vote there. I'm mad at single issue voters, right? Mm. No matter what that issue is. So at the time I was mad that black people would vote for Barack Obama just because of who he was not consider. I voted for him. I really liked his politics, 
but I was mad that there were so many people out there because at that time, you know, conservative news media was making a, a joke out of it. And they would go and ask people on the street, who are you voting for? And they would say, Barack Obama. Well, why? And like, they couldn't answer. Like they could not yeah. respond. And so I realized the error of my ways now and that I was an absolute and complete asshole. When because, did you think this? Um, oh gosh, it would have been what? 20, 2008. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and like that people should have to take tests before they had children. And I was a, a real um, intellectual elitist at that point. I understand now why that was not great. Not, not a good perspective. Um, if, if this is one of the first episodes that you've jumped in for it to Fireside, probably doesn't make sense why I would call her racist after oh, saying yeah. there, there should be testing and, and stuff for, yes. for voting. Um, but we've talked about it in the past is that oftentimes these like literacy tests, these uh, ideas about competency have been used in order to keep uh, marginalized or, or, yes. or sub subjugated uh, communities from the polls because they had earned the, or they had earned quote unquote the right to vote. Um, but people didn't want them to. So they would introduce barriers to, to voting to the polls. Right. And if you were coming out of slavery and had never been educated to read and you know, you're, you're children of, of former slaves and also might struggle to read. And then, you know, this generational, what, I don't know. Um, behind the curve I don't know how else to put it yeah where you're struggling to catch up to what people who were in power and who enjoyed the benefits of education and being full members of society kind of know because of their position and because they weren't slaves um introducing a test is, is like it's ex expressly unfair and a targeted sort of yeah. policy that disproportionately affects uh, minority communities. Right, and in, in the places um, where they had those, they weren't, they weren't standardized. Right. So it was the person who was handing out the ballots and they might yeah. ask the white person in front of me, you know, what do you get when you mix red and yellow? And they're like orange. And then they might ask me spell anti-disestablishmentarianism, right? Like yeah. they're the tests were applied unfairly and yeah. Yeah. When it, we have an episode where we talked about it a while back. When it comes to requiring people to um, take tests before they have children, does that link to the sterilization of um, minorities and how we were? No, I just now that I have raised children, I I understand a lot of the the struggles that a lot of people go through. At that point, I was just mad because I didn't like the idea that people would have babies and not take good care of them. And I still don't like that. Yeah. Um, but I also, again, I understand the burden of asking people to go through that process hmm. before doing something like having a child. Um, I understand after doing more research, especially, you know, with this Roe v. Wade uh, question that has been a question for so long, I understand the long-term consequences of trying to regulate something like that. Uh, and just, I, I feel like I'm a more compassionate and understanding person now. 
than I was back then in 2008 when I had my first child. See, that's interesting because I, you know, have half raised a child at this point. Um, a, quarter, a third, a third raised a child. Um, 33% done. <laughs> Somewhere in there. <laughs> Some math. And um, yeah, sometimes I wish that some people would also be tested before they have children. But then I'm like, man, would I even pass that test? <laughs> every right. every yeah. day I'm like, and, I'm like, man, am I ready to have a child as I look at my seven-year-old? <laughs> and what, I, what it comes down to for me is I realize now I don't, I don't wish that people had to take a test before they had children. I wish that people were more aware and more understanding of the responsibility of raising children. And if we had more societal support. Yeah. 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 Because I think a lot of the problems that parents run into is because we do not have support in a capacity that makes it sustainable for our mental health and our children's health at all. Yeah. Yeah. And the other, there's some underlying problems with this sort of, mentality again of testing aside from the the again disproportionate impact that would have on disadvantaged communities there's also the presumption that every pregnancy is an intentional pregnancy yeah and in a society where we do our level best to provide the worst sex education in the world for a developed country yes um it seems there's a feeling it might not be reality but um, there are a lot it. of people, yeah, it, there are a lot of people that just don't understand yeah. how you get pregnant. And it sounds crazy to say it out loud, but the prevalence of myths, like you can't get pregnant if you're standing up, you can't get pregnant if you have sex in a, in a jacuzzi, um, you can't get pregnant after dark. What is this, gremlin like, sex? Where sorts sorts of, sex is I, you know, after midnight, <laughs> you know, no. Um, there's, there's just like, there's so many, just, there's so much ignorance in the world about sexual health, reproductive health, Mm -hmm. uh, cycle systems. I was reading a, uh, uh, a Reddit post again, Mm -hmm. not very scientific, but it's just a story about how, um, a woman found out that her her boyfriend thought her period came on the 15th. And of then every all month. women's did. I saw that too. And every, yeah, all yeah. women's. Oh, every woman's like, came his on the heart. Wish. I mean, yeah. when it comes to reproductive health as, as it is, uh, I've never run into someone that thought these kinds of ridiculous things before, but I do know that oh. Oh, I'm going to, I'm gonna actually save that for the Roe v. Wade episodes. So never mind. No, I yeah. haven't. Thank God. No, you can. You can or they just didn't bring it up to me because they knew I'd ridicule them into the ground. But, um, <laughs> Well, yeah. yeah. And, and as a society, we need to be better about yeah, doing those things. But you, you know, think I could just if people are afraid to ask questions, they're never going to. But a like, valve on the yeah. 15th, I just crack open and it's Niagara Falls for like, whatever. If only it were that easy to plan for it, you know. I know. Um, but yeah, it's just we don't prepare people to understand just how to just just, just pregnancy in yeah. general. And <laughs> yeah, and then we restrict mm. we restrict ac- access to the resources that allow for intentional planning and prevention of pregnancy. I yeah. yeah. So I think Robin saw this on uh, Facebook because I'm trying to I was trying to get my tubes tied, and I as someone with really good health care and someone who's got 
enough money and access to things and I have a car, I can drive myself places. I have been struggling to get this appointment because I've been consistently turned away from places um, Mm -hmm. because they're like, yeah, we don't do that because it goes against because one of the main hospitals in San Diego is actually Catholic. And so they're like, no, we don't do that. And I'm like, wait, what? You're, you're my OBGYN. What do you mean you don't do that? So they've had to move me to another person. It was like a three month wait. Long story short, I'm not getting a tubal, but I don't know how deep we want to go into like birth control here. But the doctor specifically said that even if I get a tubal, the likelihood that I'm going to come back in for birth control anyway is really high because getting a tubal means that, you know, your body is just going to um, produce all the stuff it normally does without any sort of hormonal support. And once you have a kid, your like system is just wrecked. So she was like the number of people who get tubules and then come back in because they can't handle their cramps or all the bleeding or whatever. And they just get put on birth control anyway to help them not have such miserable lives, um, is really high. She was like, so I'm just going to suggest this other type. And so I'm going with a different like pathway, but like, I didn't know like any of that. And she was just like, yeah, like the number of women who struggle even after having tubules and still need birth control. Um, is really astronomical. So she's like, I, I will do a tubal for you. It's just, you know, your life is still going to probably be miserable. So I was like, oh, good to know. But yeah, it took me like six months to get that appointment. Yeah. <sighs> it yeah. seems it's, uh, uh, this is a topic that I want to do more research on and, and learn more about, but it still seems crazy to me that a doctor can refuse to treat somebody based on the doctor's personal religious beliefs because to me this was the hospital that seems like the whole system well the whole hospital but the do- a doctor would have performed it you know however you want to phrase it mm-hmm. a hospital system an individual doctor whatever it's weird to me that they can say no i'm not going to do that for you because then their religious beliefs are preempting your self-determination and individual rights to control your body your bodily autonomy um john i'm a woman i don't have body autonomy well that's true of course (laughs) i Um, am here for babies and that's yeah well but uh, we talked about it you're lucky that i allow you to be on the podcast (laughs) and talk at all (laughs) hey hey you started this joke train i'm just i'm just bringing up the caboose so we we talked about it in last week's episode well, parts of it that people can hear. Um, we talked about. I talked about. It. We talked about the office of what conscious, like conscious and religious freedom, or something like that. Um, yeah. That basically, Trump created an entire department to allow people to do that. To say, I'm not going to treat you because it goes against my religious freedom. Yeah. And it's. It's interesting because I guess people can try to apply the same argument to the cake baking incident. Like we Mm -hmm. shouldn't force people to do something that, and like when it comes to businesses, yeah, whatever, just go to another business maybe. But, um, the, the healthcare and human life aspect is much different than a cake. So, well, I mean, to me, it kind of seems like if you can't, this is again, this is not a fully fleshed out thought. So, Bear Are any of them fully fleshed out, John? A lot of plot holes. No, <laughs> I, I am just a random synapse firing and putting words together. And there's nothing that's actually deep or processed that comes out of my mouth. 
Um, this, it, to me, your job is to help people be healthy, to help people make decisions about their overall health and to guide them down the path that allows them to maintain the most autonomy over their body as possible without harming them, right? One of the, like, it's one of the tenets that we hold above almost everything else is that a person has a right to control their body. And if you are interested in the medical field, the medical profession, but you are not willing to help a person uh, down that path of bodily autonomy, right? Because of a personal belief, you need to find a different profession Mm -hmm. because you are not capable of doing the job. If I were a mechanic and I didn't like doing oil changes because of a religious belief, people would be like, well, you can't be a mechanic. Yeah. I mean, there are um, schools that have had their medical students, their residents say, well, I'm not comfortable, you know, helping members of the gay community and their people are like, too bad. Don't be be a doctor. doctor. Like you're here to help people. So like, I I mean, sucks to suck, but we're allowing institutions to support biases. If we, if we say, yeah, okay, that's fine. We just are. And that's like, it's, it's not just, it's more nuanced than what we're stating here though. Well, because I mean, you can apply that to other aspects of our autonomy for health. Like if we want a healthy nation, yet we allow all these garbage foods and then, you know, you have medical experts that say we should limit the sugar that's in foods. We should limit processed stuff. Um, and then people are like, well, no, it's my body. I get to do what I want with it. It starts, you start bumping up against the autonomy of health versus, well, like who dictates what's best. Well, I, that's why it's. It, yeah. I'm not sure that that's, I'm not sure that that's contradictory to my, to what I'm feeling here is because like the doctor can't force you to not eat Pringles. No, but when it comes to, um, initiating re- regulations, uh, against the, um, the food industry for what they're putting inside of our food, then people get up in arms about it. There, I would say there are significant studies that support that an unhealthy population is not only bad for the overall well-being of oh, the yeah, country, totally. um, but it, it puts an undue burden on the individuals within that country um, in terms of like, tax load where your money's going it's expensive to have an unhealthy population so the government does have an interest in saying well we are going to regulate food does the government not also i don't think you can make that same argument about the government saying that a person can refuse to to provide what is it called it like a tubal litigation is that I think it's the ligation ligation but yeah <laughs> litigation. Ligation. Tubal, tubal, you shall tubal not sue trial, right right my tubal ligation. Tubes. i was i was within the ballpark but in the wrong uh field there um but like i can't think of and i could be wrong on this but i can't think of like any overriding public health reason to do that if i'm not producing and babies then say, where are the taxpayers coming from and that might be the argument that is given, but at the same time, the government can't force you to have children. So how is that any different? The government can't say, well, for public health, you need to get pregnant. 
I feel like the public health is going to go down if there's a lot more pregnant women around. My God. <laughs> there's, I'm just saying there'll probably be a lot more dead men. Uh, <laughs> one way or the other. Um, anyway, that was a, that was a weird, weird ride in my own body autonomy. So I'm like, it's 2022. Can I not please just get this done? Yeah. And I know, I know, uh, hearsay. So again, I'm not sure exactly how true this is, but it, some of my friends in Missouri couldn't get a tubal ligation, uh, without having a significant other sign off. Mm-hmm. On it. That's, that's very normal. Um, it, that wasn't, but Mm-hmm. That wasn't a, a factor in mine. It, yeah, I, I'm not surprised. I feel like it's not going to be as big of a deal in California as Missouri. She didn't even ask anything. She was just like, what do you want? I felt oh, like great. that scene in the notebook. Uh, what do you want? I don't know. But I don't know. It, like, So this has been occupying my thoughts a lot lately. It's like, how do we balance? Because I don't want to make... I don't want to make somebody who has a truly deeply held religious belief do something that they're not doing or that they don't want to do. Um, but I also don't think that they should be allowed to force somebody else to not do something that they want to do. Well, mm-hmm. think about all of our jobs. Do we not have things in our jobs that we really don't like doing? Like not that because we don't like it because we don't like want to do it, but we still do it because it's the job and we don't right. like, I mean, you're not going to like every aspect of your job. There's certain things that I'm like, I do not agree with this, but I am going to do it. It is my job. But I do it. I'm going to grumble about it yeah. with people who are not my coworkers, but I'm still going to do my best to make sure it gets done oh, right. Oh, for sure. Like, I don't do stuff incorrectly. And like, yeah, but I don't know. If I went to my job and I was like, listen, just joined a religion and we don't write reports. <laughs> it's kind of against can our we, can whole Can I join your religion? Thing. Can I please? Like, I will go to hell if I write a report. <laughs> so I'm just going to say no. Like I'd be yeah. fired. Because <laughs> I'm not doing my job. I wouldn't be fired if it were truly a religious belief. That would be a whole thing and a deal. But like I definitely there would be there would be problem. But we just allow that when it comes to people's health. And it's just I don't know. It's just wild. It is crazy. Can I talk about um what I used to believe as of three days ago? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know where this is going. Please go. Please on. do. All right. Well, so I'll uh, let me set the stage. Um, so I am speaking to my boss about something work related, and I was like, oh, "Yeah, I feel like I really got gypped on this." And she's like, um, "She's like, don't say gypped." And I'm like, "Huh?" And like, it caught me off guard because I was just like. Oh, it, that's, I can't use this word. And like, but she, she said it and then continued the conversation in like completely, she wasn't shaming me or whatever. She was just like, use a different word. And I'm like, why can't I use this word? And I'm like, let's back this conversation up. Why can't I use Egypt? And she was like, because, um, of the connection to the Roma people, it's very, um, you know, insulting of them. And I'm like, what? Because, and this is the thing, and I was trying to explain this to John and Robin in the text, is that I thought gypped was spelled J-I-P-P-E-D, and that was just supposed to be the word. That is not the word. That is not how you spell it. And um, evidently, it is J-Y, or G-Y-P-E-D. 
and it comes from the Roma people and um, the slur of gypsy, because if you were gypped on something, it was because the Roma people had stolen from you. And anyway, my mind was blown because I had not even remotely thought of that word because in my mind just spelled it out differently. It was like not related at all. And I was just like, huh? Oh, crap. So, yeah. And in your defense, Racist. I think I'm pretty confident that I have seen it spelled the J way before. Yeah. I think that there's a whole group of people who literally have no idea that that is where that came from and mm-hmm. have spelled it phonetically. And it's kind of like got two lives. <laughs> there's like the the group of people who know where it comes from and are, you know, try to be sensitive to that. And then there's this whole group of people who it's like when you call somebody a geek and yeah. it, they have no idea that that came from like a circus sideshow thing where people used to eat weird things for money because they were being exploited like people it has no connection anymore to Mm-mm. that in in american culture yeah i was just i was like of course this yeah. would come up with my boss um <laughs> yeah right. oh great it's cool. okay anyway here's my resignation that was the <laughs> second most embarrassing portion of that conversation so it got worse <laughs> are you going to uh-huh. share you're just going to tantalize us with that share your shame no this to the was world. i no, I was just. No, her sister died two years ago, and wow, no, I, I well, yeah, I did too. I um, when it happened, it was like you know the height of COVID, um, unrelated to COVID, but yeah, it was hmm. very sad. And um, I was mentioning the story uh, writing nonprofit that I'm involved with now. So say we all and. Um, I was, you know, I'm excited about it. I want people to go and write stories uh, in San Diego. And um, I was like, yeah, she was like, yeah, my sister uh, wrote for them. And I was like, oh, she should write another story. Oh. And she immediately burst into tears. And anyway, I feel felt felt like a huge asshole. Anyway, it was like the worst conversation with. And I just felt like the biggest dick. And I was. I've done. Yeah. I've I've done similar. (laughs) Like one of my best friend's mom passed a few years ago and like i was there (laughs) i went to the funeral i helped out all day so i could be with him and then like a few months back it might have been a year ago now like we were playing video games and he said something and i was like your mom you know does the thing and he's like john my mom is dead i was just like well like where do you go from that and like, like you, i was just like uh, uh, yeah, yeah exactly. i'm just a giant asshole and i'm sorry yeah yeah i'm a terrible Definitely person have, especially because i was like make your mom jokes i was like i people. didn't know that and she was like you sent me a condolence letter and i'm like mm, i just need to shut up <laughs> it was just it was really rough but if anyone is in san diego if you want to go uh write for so say we all and you're not dead then uh please <laughs> Wow! Even if you are, that might be a great story. I mean, honestly, yeah. If you are dead, Um, right? The executive director was like, "Well, that's a perspective we've never had before." So we'd be like interested in that. Oh God! That's just. I mean, mean, honestly, like end of the day, that's one of those human foibles that feels so bad in the moment, but it's ultimately not mean spirited in any way. It's just. It's hard to keep track of everybody's relationships all the time. 
so me yeah, using the the gypped word was the second mm-hmm. worst part of that conversation. <laughs> yeah, I can see. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I'm going to yeah. leave this. I hate when that happens where you leave a room and you're like, I did not do my best work. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to revisit this whole, this whole thing and just give it a few weeks to cool down and I'll be back. Yeah. I'm glad I learned that about um, that word because I, you know, I, that's like one of my go-to words and I'm just like, wow, have I just been being this racist asshole for a while and no one called me on it until I'm 32 years old. (laughs) (laughs) anyway yeah now i know and i will try to do better so i can't believe i used to think that you spelled that word with a j (sighs) do you want to hear the i'm gonna make you feel better savannah i'm gonna tell you something that i used to think and i can't believe i used to think this and it's possibly one of the most racist things in the world do go on not in the world, but it's pretty racist. All right. So um, I was I was like 13, 14, very young, growing up in southwest Missouri. So I I'm, a, I'm definitely a product of my of my uh, environment here. But I definitely used to truly believe that black people had an extra muscle in their legs somewhere connected to the knee that allowed them to run faster and jump higher than white people. Wow, John. Truly believed it. Yeah. Yeah. I've yeah. forgotten about and that. And like, to me, it wasn't even like, a like it didn't even register as like a racist thing. It's just like, a, oh, it's a difference that allows them to perform better. Okay. Oh, we need but a like, reason for them to be just better at sports than white people. What the heck, John? Well, if you're a racist, you do, because mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense unless they have some sort of yeah. advantage, you know. But we should always game uh, the like, system. Just, we should have a podcast. What my family told me about X race and just out our families with how awful uh, it is. No, I don't mm-hmm. want to self-flagellate that much, and it's just. I have not rough. even heard that um, that muscle claim before i'm not even there there's like variations on it some so apparently that one's actually i it's i'm not going to say it's common but i wasn't the only person to think that i obviously heard it from somewhere and it's not like a new thing i've also heard like um muscle fiber in in black people is is different the densities are different slow switch versus fast switch is different like Mm -hmm. things like that to explain better athletic performance among uh, perceived better athletic performance among the population um but there's never like it just seems so now that i'm older and i kind of have been looking at how entire systems and chains and like how something that happened a hundred years ago can influence the progression of an entire family an entire you know branch of of people biology you know biology wise it's well not just by not not necessarily by biology but just like performance Are you talking, well you said family i want um, context okay. development wise i'm sorry Sorry. Yeah, no, I don't mean, sorry. I mean, family, not, not genetic family. I mean, just like a literal, like my great grandfather okay. and grandfather context and we're like talking about. that. Yeah, no, thank you. That's, that's smart. Um, 
I've already outed myself as a previous racist. I really don't want anybody to believe that I am a current <laughs> one either. <laughs> Actively working to uproot these preconceived or these uh, old notions. Um, but uh, like, there are there are certain factors that change the way we grow up and the way we develop physically as a human being um, that are different based on the physical location you grow up in, the availability to certain activities, the options you have as a family, as a child, right? The extracurriculars that you can do, the nutrition that you have, exactly, that these are different for people. And if there is any athletic performance difference, which I highly doubt, I think there is, you'll, you'll find uh, with a controlled sample and population and, and similar stimuli, you'll find similar performance across a group, right? I, if there's any difference, it has everything to do with the choices that were made in the development of an individual throughout the course of their life than, uh, than anything Ooh, genetic. Mm, and I the, want to challenge the that. Importance. No, I, the importance of, I'm not going to say there's no genetic component to athletic performance. I'm saying that across broad population groups, the you will be statistically similar, right? There's not right. going to be a, a divergence between a black, uh, you know, group and a white group, um, given the similar situation. There are obviously genetic triggers that can make somebody perform better. Look at Michael Phelps, who processes uh, lactic acid yeah. different than. You know, an, an that wasn't where being. I was going with it. Like I don't individual think. genetic differences rather than race. Yeah. So yeah. I was going to. And then I'm oh, sorry. I just yeah, want to tie it. it off because this is important. Whenever you are, whenever the, 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 the total of those com combined factors, like what is available to you, the decisions that you can make, where you can go in life are limited or otherwise, um, reduced from some up here in a different social class um i feel like you see more people pursuing a proven pathway to success so you see a stronger emphasis on certain skills and abilities um placed on children within certain classes and it has nothing to do with race it has to the perceived path to success and and what can provide for my family? I feel like we're getting into a nature versus nurture topic here. Um, I, what I was going to mention, 23andMe changed like what you could exactly look at um, with your genetics mm -hmm. and everything. But 23andMe did used to tell you what kind of muscle fibers you had um, and what it was more prone to be able to do. This is not mm -hmm. race related, but it is genetic related. And, um, mm -hmm. so yeah, cause there are different muscle types and I did want to bring that up, yeah. but it's not connected to like, right. I was, and I'm, I was like, not, I'm not fast twitch. With that. I, but not fast twitch muscles. I would, my point being that like, if you, if you had 8,000 people from one group and 8,000 people from another group, you would find a pretty statistically similar distribution of fast to slow twitch muscle, muscle fiber. It wouldn't be based on like just the color <laughs> of their skin basically, you know, um, because that's, 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 well, I'm glad you're not that's racist that's anymore, basically. John. Um, 
Uh, well, continually working to be anti-racist, I think is the better way to put it. Um, because I don't want to pretend like I'm better than any of the groups that we talk about because I am part of these groups and I have a lot of inbuilt and subconscious biases that I might not even know about until somebody shines a light. You should read Blink by Malcolm Gladwell. It's on my list. I already added it because of you. (laughs) So I talked a really long time about that particular racist thing that I used to Mm -hmm. think. And I don't know if Robin, you had any thoughts on that, but I would sure appreciate any. So he's off his soapbox. No, I, yeah, I am. I think, I think we've all, we all have grown up with that kind of thing. I grew up literally being told that Native American people were allergic to alcohol. And that's why they couldn't handle it when they drank and they got, you know, like, that's why they were, there was such a high percentage of alcoholic people in Native American communities and all of that kind of stuff that they genetically can't handle their alcohol. And I mean, I grew up uh, where I grew up, there are large populations of Native American people. And so that that's kind of the group that we heard all of the dumb rumors about. But there are things that we don't know we're wrong about. And because for the most part, they can be harmless. Like it's it is not harmful or hurtful to think that maybe black people have an extra muscle in their knee like that. That's not derogatory that's not you know that's not being mean to anybody in any sort of way but we just don't know we don't know these things until we are brave enough to say them out loud and have them challenged so i will say you mentioned i I never heard that native populations were allergic to alcohol but so I, i want you to take a look at the especially white coloration of my skin right now um, and understand that I was raised my entire life with the uh, mythology that I was de- descended from native tribes um, and and truly embraced that for a while. A whole other thing. <laughs> um, still don't know if that's true or not. I'm leaning towards not. <laughs> I was told the same but thing. I was. Well, a lot of people. However, and uh, southern part of the my United mom States, does but, have Native American blood in her. I have none. So interesting. That the, no, the way that genetic expression works actually. um, So I've learned quite a bit about it since doing 23 and me, which I got to do for free when it very first came out because they really wanted a better sampling of African-American genetics. So if you were black, you got to do 23 and me for free when it first came out. Um, So I did that a long time ago, but the because my mom and her brother have a very similar issue they are full-blood siblings and if you look at their ancestry profiles on 23andme they're different he has more expression of like french and german and she's got more of the scandinavian but they are full-blood siblings Mm -hmm. it should match but it doesn't no i mean because of the genes that express and if the ancestry marker is on this other gene marker that expressed your mom may have it show up, but you don't. Exactly. She's got Arab, um, Indigenous American. And I mean, you do a side-by-side comparison about like what they have versus what you have. And I have stuff from my biological father's line that obviously she would not have. But um, yeah, 
he overwrote that portion of uh, the gene strand and which is interesting. So yeah, I did descend from a line of um, Native Americans, but I am not Native American at all. Anyway, yeah. go ahead. Well, yeah, one, having that genetic uh, component, we nobody here thinks that that makes you in any way uh, part of a Native heritage or <laughs> right. anything like that, just to be super duper clear. But my family told me growing up that I could never drink alcohol because I would be predisposed to alcoholism mm. because of having uh, Native American blood, which is like, again, it wasn't ever a racist thing. It wasn't a judgment. It just was a thing. But it is inherently racist. So right. it's it's just, I don't know. It, it, I can't believe I used to think that either. There's a lot of like subtle eugenics that happen in the Mid-South, South part of this world it's probably across the nation but especially in america mm -hmm. like there's just these like beliefs that aren't ever they're never questioned because you're either expressing it to somebody who agrees with you or taught you that or you just never had an opportunity to learn otherwise it's just my family was flat out racist so. well and then there are racists in this world yes yeah. <laughs> and i'm sorry i was um, I was um, attracted to a black man when I was younger, and I was told, uh, um, I was told that if I ever dated a black man, that my dad would shoot us both and um, bury us um, in the backyard. And that's why when I see videos of uh, a man being hunted down in a Georgia neighborhood, mm -hmm. I have. No questions about whether or not that 100%. was racially motivated. Georgia's very, very yeah. racist. And it's not just Georgia. Not to pick on one. No, we can pick on state. it. Well, because it's not in, <laughs> like, that is firsthand knowledge of how racist it is. People have asked me yeah. why I don't want to yeah. move back. And I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. Um, so anyway, started out light. <laughs> ended up with uh, discussions about eugenics and family history and belief. Uh, another classic fireside breakdown. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But wait, wait. Uh, but wait. We're missing a story here. Are you on? Are gonna, Let's are do gonna, it. I thought we were waiting story. for it to be recording. We don't have to. Okay. We don't have so, to. This doesn't neatly fall into the I can't believe I used to think category, but um, we do. I do want to talk about it here because I think it's a uh, important thing to discuss and to continue bringing uh, awareness to to the general public. Um, I'm certain that about 50% of the listening population is like, no, we're always aware of this particular uh, threat uh, because you kind of got to be. Uh, but again, I'm a white dude, so I live in a different world a lot of times. And I wasn't like particularly worried about this. So on Wednesday, I was roofied. I was drugged while out at, a, uh, at an event. And I'm gonna, I'll have to keep it really general, but suffice it to say, I was, at a, I was at a work event. We went to a baseball game, and before we went to the, with, with some of our partners, and before we went to the game, we all met up at a, at a well-known bar and ordered some drinks. And I, only I, I didn't have a lot to drink because, one, I know myself, and I can't handle a lot and to drink. And it doesn't have to do with a factor in Native American. It does have zero effect to do with that and everything to do with 
I was a very good boy growing up. I didn't drink until I was what 21. What a nerd. Um, I know, right? <laughs> and um, like, so I never really developed any sort of tolerance. So like, which is fine. makes me a cheap date. Uh, but well, that's a problematic phrase. Um, especially in this context. Especially in this context. Now that <laughs> wow, I think John. about it. Ooh, I know, right? Um, so anyway, I got, I had a, a couple of beers. I ordered a mixed drink, but ended up spilling uh, probably two thirds of it somewhere in there. Um, because if you've never watched, I like to gesture a lot with my hands when I talk and I backhanded my drink at one point. And luckily the partner we were there with has very good reflexes and I did not spill it all over them. Um, but so I drank maybe a, a third of that and then I had half of a beer, another beer. So I had like two and a half beers and half of a mixed drink, which is enough for me to get a pretty good buzz for an hour or two before I start coming down. And I was done at that point. We, this, I had all those drinks in the course of maybe like an hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes. We began to walk over to the baseball game, which was right across the street from this bar. Um, and as I was, as we were walking, I could feel myself, I was like pretty tipsy, like way beyond buzzed into drunk territory and i was like well man maybe that hit a little harder maybe i didn't drink enough water today or food whatever this is still manageable i'll just have to make sure to eat and drink and not have any more alcohol from this point on it took us maybe 15 minutes to walk to the booth if that maybe 10 um we sat down or well i, st I started stuffing my face with pretzels and sat down and less than 30 minutes later i couldn't focus my eyes I went, I went like cross-eyed. Um, I couldn't uh, talk without slurring my speech an incredible amount. And I never slur my speech because I'm a pedant about pronunciation, enunciation, that sort of thing. And I uh, was like, the room was spinning. So I knew at that point that something was off and I went to the bathroom to throw up because whatever was mm -hmm. in my stomach, I didn't want to process it anymore. So I forced myself to throw up there and it just kept getting worse and kept getting worse. So I left, I just left the event. I went to go sit in an armchair away from everybody so nobody could see how drunk I was because I didn't want to leave a bad impression and it kept getting worse. And while I was sitting there, it, like, I've experienced the world spinning before, but this was like a full on carousel. Everything was like, crazy around me so i had to find another bathroom i locked myself in the stall and i kept throwing up because at that point i was super dizzy um when i went into the stall it was like 7 30 7 45 maybe it was still daylight out is the point and when i was in there i thought i was conscious the whole time i remember a couple things i know somebody walked in but not to the stall and I could hear people talking, but I couldn't understand English because I was so three sheets to the wind at that point. And when I left, I remember it was pitch black outside. It wasn't dusk. Like the sun was fully set. And I 
think I remember an announcement about the seventh inning stretch. So I lost enough time that from like 30 minutes into the game to the seventh inning, I was, I was in that stall. My only thought at that point was to get to a room um, and to find a door that could lock. So I went across the street to a Howard, uh, uh, not a Howard Johnson, a uh, Hampton Inn. They were full up. Uh, the nice guy at the, at the counter pointing me to the Marriott down the, the block down the road. They had a room, thank God. Uh, I was able to get a room. I got to that room. I had to hold my hand against the wall so I could walk in a straight line. And I, all I remember is getting to the room, throwing up again. I think I took off my shoes, laid down, didn't even get fully in the bed. And then the next thing I knew it was 3.30 in the morning. Um, and at that point I, I was sober or at least I wasn't nearly that gone anymore and, uh, got up and ordered, got an Uber back to my place, which is like an hour away. So this was a pretty far haul from home. Um, I couldn't drive at all Thursday. I was dizzy the rest of the day. I felt I was just out of it the rest of the day. So I ended up going to the ER that night and they test and this is important for people to know. Uh, most, most of these drugs, they metabolize so quickly that unless you get a drug test, a drug screen, while you are experiencing symptoms, yep. it's going to be gone. It'll be out of your system. So urine, blood, they couldn't find any trace of anything. Um, and they performed a basic, you know, ECGs to make sure my heart was okay. And, you know, blood pressure, that sort of thing, pulse. Um, but after, as I was describing this, cause at first I thought I was just drunk at first. I thought I just got really, really drunk and I just like lost control. And I, I was like ashamed. Um, but as I was describing what happened to the nurses and you know, my, my blood test came back and it was at 0% alcohol and I was still dizzy. And as I was explaining it to them, they're like, no, that is point for point. What it was that, that is like being drugged. It sounds like you were drugged. Um, so that happened to me when I was at a work event with a bunch of other people and nobody saw it, nobody noticed. And if I think it was in that mixed drink, if I had managed to drink that whole thing, I would have been in a coma as hard as it hit me with just the little that I did well, drink. How much do you weigh? Uh, about 185. Okay. So the, um, can I tell my, my story? Cause it, it'll help put yeah. more context to, to yours for sure. Um, I was also roofied, um, back in 2018. Um, I went to a gay bar that is notorious for being the best gay bar in San Diego and I was dancing and, um, I had a mixed drink also and I had one drink and then maybe three sips of another drink which is insane to me. And like I had kept it on me the whole time, but I was dancing on the dance floor. And so if you are dancing and you're holding your drink around, like it, unless there's something over the lid of it, it could easily be done. Um, and like John said, within, for me, it was probably without about 15 minutes uh, after me finishing this drink, I couldn't walk anymore. And the person that I was with, um, 
asked me, she was like, you don't look okay. And I was trying to go to the bathroom because I was like, I need to throw up. And I was, yeah, dizzy, couldn't, I was falling into everything. And I get to Mm -hmm. the bathroom. um, I try to make myself throw up. And then I leave the bathroom. And um, the last thing I remember was saying, I need to go home. And I pulled out my phone. And luckily, the Uber app was still open from the Uber we had taken there from the hotel we were at. And I just did the reverse. Like, it's like one button to press to do a reverse trip. And I was able to press the Uber button. And I do not remember anything else past that. I woke up eight hours later in a hotel um, with my friend. And I couldn't breathe. Um, I was I had to stick my finger between my teeth to keep my mouth open so I could breathe a little bit. And I was like, I'm not okay. And I went to the bathroom and my body was purging out both ends. Just like it was my body was like, you are being poisoned, essentially. And my friend was like, yeah. what's wrong with you? You can't hold your alcohol. And I was just like, maybe I took like like John said, you start doubting your ability to handle alcohol. Um And it was embarrassing and I was getting ridiculed for not being able to hold my alcohol. And I was like, I need to go to the hospital. There is something not okay. And I could barely like speak at all. I was still in like club clothes, like, you know, not looking great. I took an Uber to the hospital on base and I told and this was eight hours hours later later, and I was like, I'm not okay at all. I don't remember the eight hours um, between there. And I went to the ER and I was like, I think something was in my drink. Cause I, I had like made that connection. I was like, there's no way. And they're like, mm, no, you're just drunk. So I had a very different hospital interaction than John did. They didn't test me. Oh. Um, hmm. this was a military hospital also keep that in mind. Yeah. So they didn't test me. They're like, you're just drunk. Um, and I'm like, I, I swear to God, I'm not drunk. Like, this is not how this works. They didn't test me at all. They, um, they just kept me in a room while I continued to vomit and, shit everywhere essentially and i was uh, uh, poisoned yeah the military uh, hospital sucks sometimes but um i stayed there for a while before i realized that they weren't going to help me and i left and i was talking to my friend who is the forensics lead for the san diego police department like a week later and i was telling her like yeah i had a really bad experience and she was like what the fuck why didn't you tell me and i'm like well, i didn't think to like you know call up my friend like hey by the way i'm uh <laughs> I can barely speak English right now. I think I was drunk. Right. And my reception at the hospital was very much like, oh, this person's just drunk. Let's just put them away. And I'm like, yeah. So I'm glad you were able to get help. I did not. They treated me like I was. Well, yeah. Yeah. I don't want to give the wrong impression. The doctor and the, the actual, and the, uh, the final nurse that spoke with me both kind of leaned into that. Well, you probably just had too much to drink theory of things, which was annoying to me at that point. Cause you know, three other people had kind of confirmed three other nurses, medical professionals had confirmed, you know, what I began to question or had originally questioned as being the case. And it, uh, we, they've seen those symptoms a million times. So, um, but yeah, the the doctor was like, well, you know, uh, alcohol can have No, these it's not like my first fucking time drinking, bro. Like, I know what, yeah, right? like, that's, that's what the difference is. Like, you can understand when you're tipsy versus I don't have control of any of my faculties after one drink. Like, that, there is a much bigger yeah, difference. Yeah. And like, 
Yeah. And well, my uh, friend that works for the forensics department was like, well, there are a string of roofing incidents at this bar and they um, they think it's the bartender and they think the bartender is the one that like. So she was like, I wish you would like we could have had another case to point to this if you had like been if you had had the cops called like they should have called the cops. And I'm like, "Eh, well. I mean, I wasn't in any position to, like, fight anything. I mean, I looked disheveled. I looked like absolute garbage showing up to the hospital. And, like, I was treated like, you know. But, yeah, it turned – yeah, like, I was just drunk. And, like, that was the very, very disheartening experience. But, um, yeah, so they were targeting um, women who looked wealthy enough so they could um, steal from them. That was that was the uh, motive. So it was less sexual, which is terrifying than. Um, yeah. And I was so fortunate that I was able to hit the Uber button and make it to like. But yeah, I don't remember many hours of my life. And it was the worst feeling. The reason I asked how much you weighed, though, is that my friend said that the normal dosage for roofing is for one hundred and sixty pounds. And they might have doubled yours. And I know that with mine, like I was I was in full out poisoned mode like that was it was too much for my weight well i don't think i was the intended target actually yeah that makes sense um, i think i intercepted one that was meant for one of my coworkers because she when we got there she went to the bar alone about five or six minutes by herself and then i came in after at the bar and she turned again after being there alone for like five minutes and she looked at me and she goes, you want something to drink? And I said, sure, I'll have whatever you're having. So she turned and told the bartender, I'll have one more. The bartender said, okay. And then a moment later, her original drink that she ordered came. And because we'd ordered the same thing, she just turned and gave it to me because she's a nice person. And then she took the one that was intended for me. So she had the bartender also. That sounds like the bartender. We, we, that sounds like the bartender. Yeah. I mean, we can't definitively say that, obviously, and I don't want to make any accusations. No, but that's um, like you but an advice. There's there was also a time there's also time that potentially it could have been when my drink was by my side at the table and I was turned to talk to somebody else that somebody could have got it. Theoretically possible as well. I I tend to think that it happened with the bar at the bar or with the bartender, Mm -hmm. but I can't prove it because I spilled my drink at one point. So if they put it in my drink after it was sitting on the table, then I probably spilled most of it out, but I'd had a a little of it. That's terrifying. Cause like the dosages, Mm -hmm. like these people are just slipping in random shit. Like, yeah. And they don't, well, are they even eyeballing it? Do they give a fuck? Like at that point? No, they don't care. It's like, so you're over no one's being scientific no. about this they want to make sure that they're yeah. making you unconscious they don't care how far it goes and that's that's what's terrifying is if they also don't realize like you could be killing someone by doing this um right. so if you can a point to our listeners is watch your drinks getting made they make covers that go on mixed drink uh cocktails that where your like straw will just go through and that uh, will prevent some stuff you can have like little you know, I'm talking about like the kind of like plastic condom like lids that you can put on your drinks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They make bracelets now, I think, you that you, they, you wear like a hairband on your wrist. Mm-hmm. And you, when you take it off, it, you can put it over the top of your cup. So if the yeah. bar doesn't have one, you have a protective yeah. lid. Um, and then they, I think they have a lot of 
a lot of products for testing your drinks. Yeah. I know that there's like a nail polish that you can use to that'll show up if you've been roofied. I might start painting my nails when I go to the bar. There's also just, just one. You can right, you good. can look just and one. see sometimes um, if if your drink looks a little cloudy. Um, if yeah, but that's, it's the lights in the club, man. They're they aren't up. <laughs> yeah, I just want to. <laughs> no, be no, no. I know giving advice about like visual no, inspection stuff like that don't do rely on that rely but on that, that is like if it looks sus like air on the side of and if you have any question whatsoever about it yeah don't drink it mm-hmm. don't accept drinks from Just strangers don't. don't i don't know that it was terrifying i'm glad you were okay yeah, yeah. it was weird that yeah it, it was really weird and like at the shame was the crazy part about it looking looking back on it on this side of it like how ashamed i was that i couldn't i guess hold my alcohol in a professional environment and like how i didn't want to like cause a scene i still think given the specific parameters of this particular visit i I should have done what i did but i didn't want to ask for help because i didn't want that that same sort of thing that you went through where people were like oh he can't hold his alcohol or you know he's just drunk and and giving people that perception um and it it kept me quieter than i probably should have been about the entire thing for uh the duration yeah i was very very lucky i was was stumbling and if you like a highly capable both of you highly capable um more probably more educated in uh, the correct steps to take in a situation like that than the average college student. Like, I can't imagine being a 21-year-old girl and then carrying that weight of like, oh, I'm so embarrassed, I'm so ashamed. Like, I need to just go over it. Like, it's not, that's terrifying. I'm still embarrassed when I think about how I was acting on the base because I had to walk through the the gate um, and I was, again, in club clothes. Uh, yeah, and I mean, the EMTs looked at me and they were just like, Oh great. Here's just like some drunk military wife that can't hold her shit. Like it was, I still feel shame when I think about that when I was just like, I need help. And there's just the military young bunch of dumb idiots were, um, you know, definitely judging me for that. But yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah. Well, you you shouldn't, you shouldn't feel shame. It's not like you chose no, to No, but like at the time I was like, man, maybe I can't handle my alcohol. Yeah. Oh, yeah and I'm you like, question yourself. what the you fuck? Like, yourself. did I drink like four drinks and I don't remember that? Like what? And I was just like, no, that's not true. And I like asked for my friend. I was yeah. like, she was like, you only had one drink. And I'm like, oh, okay. That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so it was it was pure Everclear. It was just the whole, the whole thing, thing was just Everclear. Yeah, it's interesting yeah. that you have that shame too. Not mine, but my my boss's boss at one point made a joke like that, like, "Wow, that drink must have been all Everclear." And I was like, "Well, yeah, you'd think, except for I didn't drink it. I spilled yeah. most of it." So, yeah. Uh, so that that puts us over <laughs> quite a ways. Um, any final thoughts well, before yeah, we go? I think, um, just be very much be safe out there, y'all with them, especially the, the new stuff that's coming up in party scenes that are pretty scary. Yeah. So don't go alone. Don't go unprepared and do not feel shame about certain things. Cause even if you feel shame 
it's better that you feel shame inside of an ER where they can take care of you than somewhere where you don't have medical assistance. And even if you just think you are drunk, but you're too drunk, push for help. Yes. Because there's nothing wrong with demanding that somebody help you. All right. So even if you just think you're drunk and you're just way too drunk, push for them to actually help you. All right. Fight for that. That's that's the best thing you can say, because you might not be drunk. You might be drugged. I didn't drink for a year after that. Yeah. Just the thought of drinking right now makes me sick to my stomach. And, you know, I see shot glasses and I my stomach does a little flip. It's weird. It's so weird. But yeah, I don't want, I don't want, I don't want to drink anything. Being not in control of yourself is a very scary feeling. Well, that was a happy. Um, Yeah. Just keep diving down into the seriousness on this one. Okay. Well, um, speaking of seriousness, you guys can check out our um, social media. We are on Instagram and Facebook, um, the Fireside Breakdowns. Check us out. Follow us. You can become a member of our Patreon um, if you want to get our newsletters and have request, be able to request uh, topics that uh, we will go over. And yeah, Robin. That's that's pretty much it. Firesidebreakdowns.com. Leave us a review. News and it's if you love us or you hate us or you want us to tell more stories then we would love it if you would leave us a review. You can do that on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts. You can leave a comment on our Facebook page. Oh, and you guys can tell us what's something you can't believe you used to think, because I'm curious. Oh, yeah. oh, that would make a great episode. I would love a mailbag yeah, episode. Yeah, let us where know. We, where we, we can read out things. some of the, the things like, that you guys used to think. Um, and again, no shame, because we are all here to learn and not say bad words oh man i had good news and i can't remember what it was because we got oh, into shoot. all this other stuff um gosh 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 i wish i could find it i'm looking through my news feed right now trying to find uh what it was because i was like oh that would make great news oh well you know what this time you'll have to forgive us. The good news is that you guys are here with us. It's a it's the good news is I, I survived. <laughs> you survived roofing yeah. and um, you guys are listening and it's a beautiful day. Go out there and get it done. <laughs> Thank you so much. We will talk to you guys in uh, oh, one week. One week. Take care of each other. <laughs> <laughs>